Welcome to the Love and Life After Divorce podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. On this podcast, you will feel empowered to release the feelings of shame, trauma, isolation, and sense of loss that can often come from a difficult marriage, painful breakup, and divorce. You will be given the insights and inspiration you need to love yourself fiercely, be sure of your worthiness, and to handle the challenges of post-divorce life with strength and humor. Hello, welcome to another episode of Tiffany's Titillating Talks. I am so excited to be here with you today. I have some fun things to share with you and a really interesting topic to talk about. So first off, before I start talking about our topic, which today's topic is five simple ways to practice self-love. But before I start talking about that, I wanted to share with you guys a couple of really lovely reviews that we've gotten on the podcast. And I think I'm going to start out Tiffany's titillating talks with some of these reviews because it just feels really good. And I think it's fun for you guys to hear what your fellow um, listeners are saying. So the first review I wanted to share is from Lindy Lou Six, and she gave the podcast five stars. Thank you, Lindy Lou. And she says, I am currently going through a divorce and Tiffany offers a life jacket for those waves of grief. The show is exciting, loving, and wise. Bring a pen and paper to the experience. You're going to need to take notes. I love that. And here's one from Yulia-CA. She says, Tiffany and Hanata have shared such a wonderful perspective on divorce and life after divorce. There is so much guilt involved in the divorce process that it's easy to overlook the benefits of it and how we can grow through this experience. Thank you, ladies, for sharing your perspectives. What beautiful reviews on the podcast. Thank you so much. And I thought it was very fitting to share that particular review about Hanada because Hanada is the one that inspired the topic for today. So uh, just to refer you back, I had Hanata on. She was episode two. So exciting. Episode two of the podcast, Hanata. And she's an energy healer and a very dear friend of mine. And her episode was entitled Divorce as a Radical Act of Self-Love. And it was such a fascinating, exciting episode. So if you haven't listened to it yet, please go back and listen to it. But one of the little gems that she had in her episode was the idea that we often need to exercise our self-love muscle. Sometimes when we have been through a really difficult marriage and a difficult divorce, there's a lot of trauma involved. And a big part of that trauma is... Um, at yourself. Like there's a lot of negative things that happen in your self-talk and inside your body oftentimes. And this being able to love yourself can feel very difficult, even to the point where you don't know how to do it. And so Hanada talks about being able to practice self-love in really small ways to exercise your self-love muscle. And this really resonated with me. I remember going through my divorce 
going through, oh, it was a particular time in the process that was excruciatingly painful. I think we were heading to court and I don't know about you guys, but there is something about court. It's soul sucking. It feels just, it's to me, it's the ugliest place on earth, family court. And my divorce was particularly ugly. And um, it was just a really painful thing to go through. And I remember sitting in therapy and I was crying and I was heartbroken and I was exhausted and I just felt so lost in this process. You know, the feeling of being a failure, an imposter, a terrible mother, what am I doing to my children? And I'm sitting on her couch, just open and crying and vulnerable. And she said something that was kind of shocking to me at the moment. And and she said, you know, I you really need to practice setting boundaries, which I was like, huh, what, what are boundaries? So that's going to be a whole nother episode. We're going to talk about you guys getting into boundaries, but she talked about setting boundaries and loving myself. And both of those were like completely foreign concepts to me. What do you mean? Love myself. So I went on a quest to search, what does this mean to love myself? And she gave me a few books and we had some conversations and then I went and I searched and I searched and I searched and, and this isn't something that comes easy to many of us. And it's something that may take years to develop. And probably I know for somebody like me, it's a lifetime of practice having self-love. So when Hanada said, oh, well, you can practice self-love in these small ways and build your self-love muscle, it made a lot of sense to me. And so I actually sat down to process what she did. And a lot of times the way I process is writing. So I wrote an article and the article is called Five Simple Ways to Practice Self-Love. So one of the ways that I came up with as I'm writing is listening to what your body needs. And this idea actually came from Hanada because she said, sometimes taking a sip of water when you're thirsty is a way of showing self-love. I was like, mind blown. She's so right. How many times have you denied yourself something as simple as getting a drink of water or going to the bathroom or eating lunch because you are busy and you are focused on other people, your children, your job, your, your duties, if you're volunteering at the school, like whatever it is, you're putting everybody else's needs ahead of your own. And so taking that sip of water just doesn't seem important. And then what happens? We get dehydrated. We get a headache. We, we didn't drink water. Or we get a headache, we haven't eaten lunch, and we lose energy, and we get grumpy because we haven't eaten lunch. And so when we deny ourselves in these small ways, we are really doing the exact opposite of self-love. It's self-denial. It's self-hurt. It's a little bit of self-abuse. I mean, if your child was thirsty, would you ever say, oh, no, 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 I'm too busy to get you a glass of water? If your child was hungry, oh, no, no. How could you even ask for food right now? We are too busy. You'd never make your child starve. You'd never leave your child thirsty. We take care of everybody else, but we don't take care of ourselves. So 
Step number one, practice that self-love muscle in those small ways by taking a sip of water when you're thirsty, feeding yourself when you're hungry, going to the bathroom when you need to go to the bathroom, taking a nap when you're tired. Practice self-love. When you do these things, also make it a little tiny two-second meditative moment of realizing you are doing something to take care of yourself and be fully present in the moment. Feel that water going down your throat. Taste the food you're eating. Don't just do it on a rush. Enjoy the crunch or the savory or the sweet or whatever and appreciate how it's nourishing your body. And in that moment, it becomes a self-meditative, self-love, taking care of yourself moment. So that's number one. And on that, I'm going to take a drink of water because I'm thirsty. Okay, number two, say no, say no. All right, so this is touching on that boundary thing. And this is one of those things like I have a hard time with. I mean, raise your hand if you're like me and you are a chronic overgiver. I am. I want... I'm an overgiver. I'm an overproducer. I want to be helpful. I want to help all the people around me. I want to be needed. I want to be useful. I want to be of service. And so I do all the things and I do all the things for everybody and um, tend to have challenges with setting boundaries. In the past, big challenges, they're, they're getting easier now. This is definitely something I'm working on, but I don't know if I'll ever master it. I'm an overgiver, overproducer. But what I realized when I do that kind of stuff, when I have no boundaries, when I say yes to everything, I'd say no to nothing, I'm really hurting myself. I'm really taking time away from the things and the people that are important to me and that I love. I'm feeling exhausted. I'm feeling overworked. I'm feeling underappreciated. Oh, the feelings of resentment get huge. I'm giving this for to you and I'm doing this for you. Why can't you give anything to me? Why can't you do for me? And <laughs> the interesting thing is the more I gave, the more people around me took. Do you guys notice that? The more you give, the more people around you take, whether it's your, your significant other it was your ex-spouse, whether it's your children, your coworkers, the more you give, the more people are going to take. It's natural human nature. And you start getting taken for granted. People actually think you enjoy all of this stuff that you're doing. And maybe you started out enjoying all that stuff you're doing, but eventually it's too much and it's not that enjoyable. And so when we overgive, we're hurting ourselves. And not only are we hurting ourselves, we're hurting the people around us because we, we're taking away their agency and their ability to do things for themselves. For example, your teenager that uh, can't pass their driver test or is not even motivated to try to take their driver's test. And you are their personal taxi service at their beck and call for all their sporting activities and their social activities, and you're running yourself ragged. Well, guess what? They have no reason to go pass that exam because they've got a taxi service. 
why should they take the responsibility on when somebody else will do it for them? So we're actually taking away their agency. We're taking away the, their own ability to solve problems for themselves. Imagine if you said, I'm sorry, teenager, I'm not going to be able to do this for you. If these are the kinds of things that you would like to do, you can get your driver's license and you can drive yourself to these activities. Whew. You better believe they're going to step up to the plate to get things done that they want to do. So when you are overdoing and overgiving, you're taking away your teenager's autonomy, their sense of agency, their sense of competency, because you're just giving it all to them. But when you say, no, I need you to figure this out for yourself. I need you. I'm here for you. I am your support system, but you're going to figure this problem out for yourself. Now they are empowered to take care of their problems. Same thing with your coworkers. How many of you, because you are so efficient and you are such an overproducer, you get called upon to do things for other people? They can't finish this, this project on time. They need help organizing their calendar. They can't get this done. They can't get that done. Can you do it for me? Can you do it for me? Can you do it for me? And you get asked to do all these things that are outside of your job. And not only are you doing your job, but you're doing two or three other people's jobs or the whole department's job, or your boss is relying on you to be basically their personal assistant when that's not your job. And so you're overworked and you're end up not being able to do your own job good enough because you're doing everybody's and you're stressed out and they're not stepping up to the plate to do their best. So you're exhausting yourself and you're taking away their sense of agency to be able to solve their own problems. So how powerful would it be to say, you know what, coworker, I really need to focus on my project right now. I'm not going to be able to help you with that. Well, guess what? They're going to have to find a way to solve their problem. And they will. They'll figure it out because it's their problem. Oh, how's that feel? Or, 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 what if you say to your significant other, I'm not going to be cooking dinners on Tuesday nights and Friday nights. Those are going to be my nights off. I need to have at least two nights a week. I'm not worried about dinner. So you can handle dinner any way you like. If it's you want to order food in or you want to make dinner for the family, uh, whatever you want to do, I, I'm not going to be making dinner those nights. <laughs> well, if your significant other is hungry, your significant other is going to figure out how to feed the family. And they do, and they step up. And you know what? It feels so good to them to be able to step up and provide for the family. And it feels good to you to know that they can do that. And you feel taken care of because they're stepping up and taking care of the family. And so by saying no, by creating boundaries, by stepping back in these small ways, you are protecting yourself, giving yourself the gift of time, the gift of energy. You're also giving the people around you the gift of their own agency, their own competency, their own ability to solve their own problems. And everybody is happier. Now, I'm not saying this is easy in the beginning at all. Not for you, not for them. They're going to be like, what? 
You always solve all my problems. I, you want me to solve my problems? How? You might get a little pushback, but eventually it's much easier. So step number one, listen to what your body needs. Step number two, say no. All right. A third simple way that you can practice self-love is to say yes. 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 I know. I just told you to say no. So why am I saying to say yes? Chronic overgivers will give and give and give to others, but have a really hard time saying yes to themselves, to experiences that would be fun and joyful and exciting to ourselves. We just don't feel like we have the time. We feel guilty. I need to be doing this for my family. I need to be doing this for my work. I need to be doing, 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 doing. And so you say no to yourself. So step number three, or simple way number three, is to say, yes, is there something that you want to do that would be fun? Then do it. Because when you don't, when you deny, when you don't, you're denying yourself. And that denial eats away at you and it it exhausts you and you feel deprived and you feel depleted and you start losing yourself. You start forgetting who you are and the people around you start forgetting who you are. Your relationships start changing. Um, It may have been part of why your marriage didn't work. I know it was part of why my marriage didn't work. I never said yes to myself and I completely lost myself in the marriage. I was a you know, chronic overgiver, giving to everybody else, denying myself, and I lost myself. So when you can say yes to those joyful, fun, exciting moments, you get to be happy. You bring some spark back. You get to bring some energy back. Maybe even bring a little mystery to yourself where your significant other, maybe who you're dating or whoever you're with right now is like, hey, you look different. You're, you're brighter. You're shining. Your eyes are alive. So when you say yes to yourself, you're benefiting everybody around you. You're more happy. You're relaxed. A happy, relaxed mom is a happy, relaxed family. And you're giving the people around you the permission for them to do things that they love as well. And you're happy that they're doing what they love because you're doing what you love, right? If everybody's doing what they love and you're denying yourself, you feel resentful that they're doing the things they love. But when you're doing what you love and they do what they love, everybody's happy together. And it's really exciting. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to decide what that happy moment is. Is it taking a sunset yoga class? Is it going and taking a walk on the beach? Is it taking guitar lessons? Is it taking an art class? Is it taking a photography class? Is it starting a podcast, writing a blog, uh, going out and joining a gym, going for a hike, meeting friends for a glass of wine, getting a weekend girls trip away. What is it? What is it that would make you happy? That that little voice in your head is going, oh, but you can't because you've got to spend time on them. And if you do this, you're being so selfish and you're taking time away from your family. No, you're not. You're giving to them because you're filling your cup up and you're becoming a happier person. Okay. Simple way number three, say yes to yourself. Number four, 
go for a walk. Okay. Okay. Bear with me. I know you're like, wait, what? Just go for a walk. Why? How does that show myself self-love? But here's the thing. A simple five or 10 minute walk, it doesn't have to be a big deal. You don't have to work up a sweat. This walk isn't even necessarily meant for exercising and meeting your exercise goals and getting your rings on your Apple watch filled up. No, this is a very simple act of giving yourself a few moments of quiet and meditation for your brain to reset itself, for your body to some blood to start flowing and making it a, a really focused meditative walk, not for the purpose of getting your heart rate up and, and meeting any exercise goals, but for the purpose of, I'm going to take a minute and I'm going to really pay attention to what's around me. So I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to feel the sun kissing my face. I'm going to feel the wind on my skin. I'm going to look at the flowers and their bright, beautiful colors. I'm going to stop and smell those flowers. I'm going to laugh at the little dog running around. I'm going to smile at the child uh, playing on the playground. Whatever it is, you're going to be there in that moment for five minutes. And what this actually becomes is a moving meditation. When you're really practicing being present in the moment and moving your body in a very gentle, kind way. It's a moving meditation that's very kind to yourself, brings you back into yourself and allows your systems to reorganize, allows your brain to calm down, allows anxiety to calm down. It increases your happiness. And when you are happier, the people around you are happier. When you can focus, you do a much better job getting your tasks done around the house or getting doing your job at work because you can focus. So that five-minute, very present, very meditative walk is a beautiful way to show yourself self-love. And step number five, this is seemingly a simple thing. And yet for me personally, this is the hardest part of self-love. So I have to practice it in really small little ways. Number five is using kind self-talk. Yeah, using kind self-talk. That's right. So this is my absolute biggest area of need. I'm going to tell you, um, in my marriage, in those last years, but really throughout the whole thing, my negative self-talk was so mean and so nasty. It was horrible. I talked to myself in a way I would never dream of talking to another human being on this planet. I would tell myself things like, oh, Tiffany, you're so ugly. Look at, uh, look at the way your mouth moves when you talk. Look at your, your eyes are so small and they disappear when you smile and your, your smile is crooked and, and your, your neck turns bright red when you get a little bit embarrassed. And I would just tell myself I was ugly. Um, I, 
I thought I was fat. And you guys, I wasn't. <laughs> like my whole life, I thought I was fat. And I look back and look at pictures. And I'm like, dang, I wish I looked like that now. <laughs> but I would tell myself I was fat. I would tell myself I was dumb. And you guys, I'm not dumb. But I would tell myself I was dumb. I would tell myself I was a terrible mother. I mean, the mom guilt was alive and thriving inside my body. And being the mom of two children that have special needs, they're called um, neurodiverse. So they, you know, my oldest is on the autism spectrum and has ADHD and dyslexia. And my youngest is severely ADHD and um, anxiety issues. And so I never thought I was a good enough mom. <laughs> and so the mom guilt was terrible. An awful homemaker. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, like I'm no Martha Stewart. You walk into my house right now. Uh, I'm literally looking at three loads of laundry that need to be folded <laughs> that are sitting in various laundry baskets and have been for a couple of days. And I'm just not, you know, it's not my priority. And so I'm not the greatest homemaker, but I would beat myself up over that. I would look at my body in the mirror. I would find every flaw, every flaw, every wrinkle, every dimple, everything that I thought was out of place and wasn't where it should be. Uh, it, it was, is to the point where like, I, I wouldn't be in pictures with the family or if I was, I'd hide parts of my face. I'm still really bad about that. I'll still like selfies aren't my thing. And if I'm going to be in a selfie, I'm like going to hide parts of my face. I don't know why it's still a thing. So I would, um, it, it was just so terrible. I would sit in department store changing rooms and cry you know, changing room lights are pretty harsh and you can see everything. And, and I would just look at myself and I remember, gosh, one time in particular, um, sitting like on the floor crying in the changing room. It was, it was terrible. And I think part of it was because I was experiencing a lot of verbal and emotional abuse in my marriage. Um, it's, chicken or the egg thing? Was I experiencing this verbal and emotional abuse because that's what I thought I deserved? And so I married somebody that would do that to me? Or did I think I deserved this because I married somebody that treated me this way and I was major gaslighting situation and I got it all the time? I don't know. It's neither, neither here nor there. But what ended up happening is those awful moments of verbal and emotional abuse that were happening in my marriage, I would continue, man, I, I would have on repeat in my head, these horrible things going on. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, I'm coming to you right now saying I was a person who really had no positive self-talk, pretty much none. So this is an area I have to work on my entire life. I've come a long way. And one of the things that really helped me in this area was I started running. <clears throat> and I started running towards the last part of my marriage, probably in the last um, maybe five years. And I started with running one mile, and it was the hardest mile of my life. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. But what started happening was somewhere in that mile, 
the talking in my head turned into, you can do this. You can do this. You've got this. You're stronger than this hill. You've done harder things than this mile. Your legs can get you there. Your body was made for this. Your body is amazing. You birthed two children through two very difficult, life-threatening pregnancies. Your body can do amazing things. This hill is not as hard as what you went through when you had to leave home and move across the country and start a new life because your home life was falling apart. You can do this. You've done harder things in this mile. And you guys hear the thoughts that started going through my head? Positive talks, right? Empowering conversations I was having with myself. And in the beginning, running was the only place where these positive conversations were happening in my head. And I got really addicted to it. And so soon one mile became three miles. Three miles turned into 10 miles. 10 miles turned into doing my first half marathon. That half marathon felt so good and I felt so strong and so proud of myself that I accomplished something that that turned into doing my first marathon. And I ended up loving running. And I ended up loving running until I broke my back, which that's a whole other thing. Um, But it was the beginning of a beautiful journey of learning to love myself and learning to appreciate my body and learning to speak kindly to the woman I saw in the mirror. And I had to use that language or there would be no way to finish mile one, mile three, mile 10, mile 13, mile 26.2. You can't do those things if you're beating yourself up and you're talking unkindly to yourself. So I did learn that self-love was a muscle that could be grown and it could be grown (laughs) in those little moments of saying, you've got this and you can do this. And that muscle can be grown and strengthened and stretched and just start small. So I encourage all of you, celebrate your small wins Know your worth, know that you're worth taking the time to do those things that bring you love and joy. Know that you're worth speaking kindly to yourself. Know that you are worth drinking that glass of water when you are thirsty. Know that you are worth taking five minutes to have a moving meditation outside. Loving yourself is the absolute best gift that you can give to yourself and to all of the people in your life. Thank you, everybody. I hope that in some small way, these simple steps help you to practice self-love for yourself, help you to have a more joyful, empowering life, and to know that you are worth it. Thank you, and have a beautiful day. And please remember to contact me on Instagram, send me a DM. I love hearing what you thought about the episode and having conversations with you and like, and subscribe to this podcast. Leave me a review. I'll probably read your review online at some point on air. I mean, I will probably read your review on air sometime. (laughs) And, um, 
most of all, if this resonated with you in any way, and you can think of a friend that might need to be uplifted, supported, empowered to know that they are not alone as they're going through and navigating life after divorce, please pass this episode on to them and bring them into the, our community so that they can feel supported. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Love and Life After Divorce podcast. If anything resonated with you in the podcast, I would love to hear about it. Please DM me on my Instagram at Tiffany Kane. Also, if this podcast makes you think of a friend that could benefit from hearing this message of support and empowerment, please share it with her. And remember, this podcast is sponsored by the Love and Life After Divorce membership group, We would be so thrilled to have you join. Have a beautiful day. And remember, of course, it's all about you. Hashtag self-love.